It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills on the mic alongside Joey Madore up until 7 o'clock today. On this 21st day of June, 6.06 on the clock and 75 degrees and heavy thunderstorms right here in southeast Ohio. I don't know about you, Joy, but it was a uh, quite a shock to see the rain coming down as hard as it was coming down uh, right around 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock today. I mean, the rain just kind of came out of nowhere. You saw the dark clouds coming out from the sky, but lightning and Well, dark rain. clouds usually insinuate rain's coming, Connor. I don't know if that's a new concept for you. Well, I knew that, but I mean, I was just surprised how heavy. I mean, I haven't seen, you know, there's heavy rain. It know. was, it was, yeah, it has been pouring for quite a while now. We've had all kinds of warnings today, severe thunderstorm. There's a tornado warning, uh, <laughs> you know, all different kinds of stuff. It's just throwing everything. You want a little bit of snow, a little bit of hail, right? Why not? Just th- throw all the weather at us. Uh, but it is a sports fan presented by J&K Contracting and uh, it was a rough, rough weekend, Joey, for the Cincinnati Reds. They get swept in four games to the San Diego Padres. A couple of games that I thought, you know, they were in, probably one or two that they should have won. Uh, but overall, just a, a disappointing series to the Padres. And now you have to make up for it against the Minnesota Twins coming up. And that game will air tonight at 740 uh, for a pregame right here on 970 WATH. But uh, you got to beat the Twins. You have to take, you got to get some wins in there. You got to break the losing streak. And uh, just a, a rough, rough weekend for the Reds. Yeah, we're sitting here at this point of the year at 500, right? And it makes sense when you look at just like the last couple of weeks of play where you go on a six-game win streak and then you turn around and lose four in a row. You know, that's, that's, that's how you stay at 500 throughout a season and not really progress in any way. Um, yeah, this weekend it was an opportunity to take a step. Uh, the Padres were not playing their best baseball uh, coming into that series. Still, obviously, a very talented team. Um, and, you know, they also had a chance in front of a, a quite electric crowd all weekend. I think they were sold out every game in San Diego, um, including the Thursday game to open it up. But uh, all weekend long, it was packed there, and they just they dropped the ball. Uh, they really did. Um, you know, like you said, they were in pretty much every game. I mean, the Friday game, uh, lost 8-2, to two, Centillion started. And you just kind of felt... You know, he got hit hard, pretty pretty hard in the first inning there. And I think I texted you and said, well, they're going to get racked tonight. Um, well, that's not exactly what you sent me, but... Uh, it was something along the lines, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, Padres scored runs in all four, all the first four innings of that game. And you, you just had a feeling it wasn't, it wasn't going to be the Reds' night. But other than that, you know, it was a lot of tough ball games. And i think you just figured out this weekend the difference between uh the reds who kind of sit in the middle of the road in the nl and the padres who are who are a good team the the good teams find ways to win the close games uh, the padres did that this weekend and cincinnati was was unable to yeah and again i mean it was uh kind of you know it, it was the reds played okay uh but again their pitching did not come through and i go back to that game what was that thursday I guess that happened late that day. And we yeah, that, was, the, that was in the bottom of the ninth. Yeah, yeah I mean, that, that's a bad loss that could kickstart you onto a bad, bad series, and that's what it did. And we talked about that on, yeah. on Friday. Uh, but I didn't think they played so poor that they couldn't have won a game in this series. 
Uh, but it, it's definitely a stark contrast moving from the NL Central to the NL West. Yeah, uh, they weren't outmatched by the Padres. No, but, but they were outplayed. Yeah. They're outplayed, and it happens, right? It's a series, but the difficult thing is it's a four-game series, and you were kind of riding high uh, coming off of you know your, your sweep uh, against the Brewers. And it's just, it is what it is at this point, right? Uh, you got to c- continue to look forward and get better. Uh, but a couple interesting comments at the post-game interview, and uh, here we'll, we'll play a couple for you. Here's what uh, Kyle Farmer had to say uh, about the weekends. When you play hard and you come back in the ninth, you're so pumped. You know, when John hit that home run, we were when Steven, Steve-O got that hit, we were all fired up. And then John came up with that big home run. We were like, damn, we got this. And then we go out, and it just it, it demoralizes you for sure. I don't think people realize how, you know, that hurts. It doesn't really hurt a lot, but we take it personally as well. So he's referring to the uh, the Thursday night game. Obviously, this was in his presser yesterday. I think the question was, you know, did uh, did Thursday's game kind of take something out of you guys? And that that was his answer. A very honest one. I think you appreciate that as a as a fan, right? But um, yeah, it it's just it's, we talked about this on Friday. It was one of those games where you you had to come from behind in the ninth in front of that electric crowd, and you're able to silence them and and all that stuff. And then you know just to to blow it in the ninth inning the way they did. It, it's, I think it's only human, and these guys are fierce competitors at the highest level, to you know, feel a little bit like we let one slip away. And uh, I think he was very honest about how that kind of carried over in the rest of the series. Well, yeah, and especially going out and saying, you know, you take it personal. I mean, that's the right, he said everything right in that interview, right? You know, you have to take a loss like that personal, even though it wasn't his fault. I mean, they, the offense did all they could in that specific game uh, to go out there and get the win. But as the everything else unfolded in that night, they took the loss and, uh, of course, got swept in the series. We go to the phone lines. And on the phone lines, I believe J.W. Smith joins us. J.W., what's going on? Hey, guys. I'm going to start calling you Connor Joe. I like that. Connor <laughs> Joe. No, I don't think so. Don't feel bad, Joey. I was just, just trying it out. <laughs> hmm. Well, well, well. You know what? You've got the NL... Uh, the Central, you have really five mediocre to less than mediocre teams <laughs> <laughs> who will beat up on each other and get everybody excited, and then they'll go play real teams. It's like, okay, here we go. And that, that, I think I've sized it, sized it up. That's what you got. And, um, you know, you sweep each other one way or the other, then you go play even the bad teams in some of the other divisions, and you look terrible. Uh, so I, I, you know, I this is sort of new for the for the uh, division, I think, because in recent years there've been some pretty good teams in that division for a while. You know? Yeah, you've had all the wild card, I mean, strong teams. Mm-hmm. The Cubs have had a nice run and. I mean, go back Cardinals to the, the Cardinals. Go back to the early 2010s, right? Cardinals were in it every year. Yeah, and and Milwaukee's had a so they've been a really good team, but this year they all look like I said, mediocre to less than. Not bad. They're not maybe Pittsburgh's bad. <laughs> uh, Pittsburgh is bad. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe Pittsburgh's bad. I was up in Cleveland over the weekend, and I. <laughs> I was about to go to sleep, and I turned on the Cleveland game, and I, I had saw a score earlier. It said eleven to one. I turned on the game; it was eleven to ten. I'm like, "What the heck?" <laughs> well, that was the uh, the Pirates game. Cleveland I know. Almost I was came like, back. What the heck just happened? <laughs> Unbelievable. 
unbelievable. And I'm really so, that's what you got, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's again, is the division great? Probably not, but yeah, you got to give yourself a fighter's chance and take advantage of you know what's in front of you. And you know, Cincinnati had a reeling team. Now, granted, it was all the way on the West Coast. It was against the San Diego Padres, who it seemed like it was a sellout game every single day. Uh, of course, they had their grand reopening at the beginning of the series. But, you know, Padres are a good team. And, uh, you know, we thought the Reds might have a, a fighter's chance, and they just didn't. Uh, but now you got to take care of a team of the Minnesota Twins coming up. And the Twins are, uh, are nothing special. I mean, you got to take, you got to win that series. Well, see, here you go. This is what, what I like about you, Connor. You just missed what I just said. You, well, said, you said, like, is the division great? No, it's not. Yeah. Not probably. It's not. Yeah. And don't be surprised if they lose two or three to Minnesota because when you play the majority of your games against uh, mediocre teams, it's tough to get up for the good teams and even the teams that aren't so good in other leagues. And I think in a long season that's what happens. So... I'm just giving you a hard time, but I don't, I don't, I wouldn't, and it's not just them. I mean, the Cubs are going to do the same thing. You know, they let Florida just slap them around to, you know, just terrible, just get beat down. And Florida's not a very good team. Milwaukee goes out there and loses the game to Colorado. I mean, what are we doing? That's, that's what happens. So I don't, but I got to get quick call in for my NBA stuff. Man, so are we going to have like a Phoenix, Milwaukee I'm, it's Seriously? it's crazy to think about what the finals could end up being. Um, that would be spook. That would be like, oh my god! It is it is kind of cool to see, you know, not the normal, no, I agree, not the I normal agree. teams uh, in it for a change. Because I mean, I it's agree, been, I agree. You know, I'm a Kawhi Leonard fan, but I didn't know he was so hurt. And if he doesn't come back, they can't. They that that Phoenix team might be one of those teams, man, that come out of nowhere. Yeah, man. Yeah, anyway, they got hot. But, but I want to sure. talk about basketball when we get a chance to talk about it. I don't want to change the subject, but I want to get that in about baseball. So let's see how the Cubs do. They play Cleveland tonight. I actually like the Cleveland broadcasters, and I like the way they do their games. So I may check out some of that tonight. Yeah, Tom Hamilton is a pretty good broadcaster. Well, TV. Games. I like TV guys. Uh, TV guys? Yeah, radio. They Hamilton, he's all right. He just yells too much. But I like <laughs> the TV guys. Uh, Rick Manning and the other guy. They're pretty good. Uh, I've never felt... Like, they're homers, obviously, that's their, their team, but they're fair. Right? They, will, they will call what they see and do it in a fair manner. That's all you ask. Uh, I can appreciate that. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if Cincinnati and the Cubs, I don't know who uh, the Brewers are playing, Arizona. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if all three of them lose tonight, you know? <laughs> all three of them. Yeah. So I don't know. It's a possibility. Again, Reds and Twins. Uh, Brewers, Diamondbacks, Indians, Cubs. Not a whole lot of games on. You got the Athletics and Rangers and Padres and right. Dodgers going. That should I be mean, a fun series. I think it's a, it's a good point because it only seems like these teams get on these five, six-game win streaks when they're going on a stretch of division play. I know, and they're playing each other. Yeah. And so you yeah. get you're like, ooh, we're making a. No, we're playing okay. Okay, here we go. <laughs> um, one more thing too. I wonder if there are any stats that show when a West Coast team comes East or the East team goes West, that first game, it seems that certainly when the East teams go out West, they don't look so good that first game. 
And I, I, I haven't looked at that to see if that's the same, the reverse order. I would love to look at those numbers because that travel and, you know, getting in like that. Uh, now, that's when I used to recognize when the Cubs had a good team. When they could go out west, especially that first game, and even if they didn't win it, they were very competitive. Like in 2016, they won most of those games. I was like, wow, that's a good team. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if there's a correlation to that, that travel thing. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a good point, especially when you think, uh, you know, for other sports, uh, football, basketball, you, you're there for one day, then you could be right back at, at home, right. the, you know, the next week or the next or next couple of days or whatever. For a baseball series, you know, you're out there out west, and maybe by the third day you have time to adjust to, right. you know, the, uh, all that the time change and stuff. You're, you're leaving and rolling out again. So it's definitely a good point. Well, my old cubbies, you know, the big knock they had, too, they had had no lights, so they couldn't adjust to night games. And then, number two, they had these uh, outfielders who were used to these smaller ballparks. So they'd go out to San Fran and L.A. and those big big outfields, and they didn't have the the guys to cover. And that was, you could see it year after year in the 70s and 80s and even early 90s until they started getting wise and getting some guys who could cover you know, those big fields, too. So, I don't know. Uh, let's watch that trend a little bit, see how these East Coast teams do in that first game when they go out west. Because that travel's got to impact you. You know, you, depending on what time, if you have any travel delays, you get in there. If it's a three-hour time difference, two hours even. That, I've traveled across country, and I've traveled across country for a three-hour meeting and back, and that jet lag is real, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I'll let you guys go. I'm just talking too much here now. But I'm listening, guys. I'm, in lo- I'm enjoying it. Okay. Thanks, JW. It was a good call. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, I mean, it's it's not a, uh, you know, a large sample size. But, you know, I, I keep my finger on the pulse on the Reds and finger on the pulse for the Mets. And when they both played the Padres, they both lost the first game in that series. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that there's the stats out there that back that up. I mean, you know, it's kind of a... It's a tough situation to be in. I mean, a lot of times when a team does go out west, they usually will get a cu- uh, like a couple teams out there, like a six games, like uh, in the American League per se. You play the Angels and you play Oakland, right? So you you know you're over there for a decent amount of time, um, and I'm sure they try to shape that out in the National League as much as possible too. But you know, Reds didn't get that luxury. I mean, they're in Minnesota, another different time zone uh, tonight. So, right. And I can say, you know, calling games for, you know, summer collegiate baseball, right? Because, uh, you know, Brad Walker, many might remember, and I went up to Alaskan Baseball League, and there was this one team that was six hours south of where we had to play. Uh, so we would leave, I believe it was the day before, uh, going out and, and calling those games and, and playing for those games. Uh, we'd leave the day before it and get there, and we lost the first game. And I think we lost... The second game as well, but uh, you know, whenever it's a long travel like that, I mean, six-hour car ride, uh, I'm sure it doesn't compare to maybe about you know, three, four hours. What do you think it takes to fly uh, to the West Coast, Joey? I mean, I've flown to San Diego from Baltimore before, and that was, I think, somewhere between five and six hours. Really? Yeah. So that's a, uh, I would figure it would, it would be faster flying, but I guess not. I mean, it's all the way across the country. Five, <laughs> six hours really isn't all that. You know? uh, yeah, that's true. And maybe shave off an hour for, uh, you know, because you were going from Baltimore to... Right, so you're flying from here. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, maybe four no, or five hours. If I flew from Columbus to home, it'd be like an hour flight, so sure. We'll... Right. Shave off the hour, and um, yeah, it, um, it probably affects the players. And, 
you know, again, it was a disappointing series for the Reds. And they have another opportunity tonight. And I know I'm optimistic. Uh, but, again, you got to, if you're going to show a little bit of something from the NL Central, I mean, you have to beat a team that's, you know, 11 games under 500 right now in the Minnesota Twins. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, again, you know, going back to this, you know, again, I don't think they were necessarily outmatched by, by San Diego, but they did get outplayed, you, you put it as that. So, and, I mean, if you're going out to these other teams and these divisions, another playoff caliber team in San Diego, going out there getting swept, I mean, that's just it's not going to build any confidence uh, in what your team is able to do. No. No, but, again, the, uh, and here's the other thing, right? Here's the other half of that interview that was from, uh, you know, Kyle Farmer, the shortstop for the Cincinnati Reds. Because you know, he, he's got a different take on, uh, not really different, but here, here is his take on what happened in the four-game series. If you look at the way we played, everything was clicking. You know, every, everything was going our way, and we were hitting the ball well. We were throwing well. Um, we just got beat. And um, as long as we keep doing what we're doing, it'll, it'll all pan out for us. And I think we just got to keep coming out and, and playing hard and, and doing what we've been doing. So I do like his point. You can play well and just get beat. That, that, uh, that is true. Um, but not everything was clicking. Yeah, no, and not everything went their way, obviously. They lost four straight games. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, they did hit. I mean, they didn't really hit yesterday. They only scored two runs, and they came later in the game. They didn't really, weren't able to really string the hits together when they needed to. Um, but the rest of the series, yeah, they did hit the ball pretty well. Um, the, the starters, for the most part, threw the ball well. I mean, Santillian kind of got hit around. It's only a second career start. You know, that's come to be expected against a lineup like that. Um, the bullpen was terrible. Uh, you didn't throw well in the pen, no. you know, so not everything was clicking for him. But I do think, as he said, they did have a, I think what he's trying to get at is they had a chance to win those games and uh, they just came up short. Right. Again, and they, they lost were out, to a better team. They were outplayed. It's right. As simple as that. Yeah. You know, I mean, were things kind of clicking for them? Yeah, sure. Uh, it seems that, you know, Castellanos and Winker have gone cold a little bit. Uh, you know, maybe not a slump per se, but, you know, they're definitely not batting around 400 any longer, right? I mean, their batting average is taking a little bit of a dip, and uh, you didn't expect them to hit the way that they've been hitting all season long. Uh, but even with that, you know, Votto puts together quality at-bats. You're getting the RBIs from Naquin. Um, you know, you're still going out there and, and winning or putting up runs uh, without your two big boppers really uh, you know, contributing to the game. And, you know, it's, again, they, they're, it's been the same thing all season long. And besides the last game, right, the last game was a 2-1 to one loss. But, again, you know, your offense isn't going to show up every single day. You've got to find a way to win those close games. Uh, not saying, you know, that they have to shut them out every time. It would have taken a shutout to win the game yesterday. But, again, it, it's a, uh, you know, still a pitching issue. It's still a bullpen issue. And if Santilli can't be the guy because you know he, he didn't do well against the Padres, you give him a. We'll see what he ha- what happens in the third time around, right? Well, what I will also say is, even though he clearly didn't have his best stuff, I mean, I mean he was out of there in three innings, so and he gave up two home runs. Um, and he's a young guy. I mean, he has thrown the ball. He threw the ball okay in his first start. Uh, he had the walks down. You know, just trying to take little positives from. Him. Uh, a start like that, second start ever against a San Diego lineup like that. I mean, most rookies would uh, would struggle 
Um, so I don't think they're going to pull him out of the, you know, get in the, the starts for now. I mean, we'll see when, when Sonny gets back. I mean, I'm sure Centillion will probably find his way out of the rotation at that point. But you need him right now because you don't really have anybody else unless you want to call up one of your one of your other young guys um, in uh, Green or Lodolo. But uh, it's just, you just look at the bullpen and over and over again, it, it, it lets him down. They have four runs in that game in the ninth inning on Thursday. Uh, they give up three runs in the seventh and eighth uh, on Friday. They give up a bunch more. They give up two in the bottom of the eighth, I think it was, on Saturday's game to lose that one, seven to five. It did. They just they don't get the big outs when they need them, and that's that's the difference. So when Farmer says, you know, we played well, but we but we just didn't get it done. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 one thing to look at why you didn't get it done. You guys can't get big outs late in games to to you know give yourselves a chance. No, I mean again, it's you can't even make a bullpen change, right? I mean, who's the most reliable guy out of the bullpen at this point? Antone's not a factor. Uh, Lucas Sims maybe you know, if he can go on on any given day. But he kind of goes a couple of uh, a couple of innings per outing. Um, it's it's just a uh, a huge question mark as to what is going to happen when you pull your starter and get into the bullpen. They could give up every run that they inherit on the base paths. They might get out of it. They might not. But there's no guaranteed guy that you're going to go to that you're locked down closer. There's no guy who you can really count on to get that guaranteed out to get you out of the inning. Even if you only need one out, they can't get you out of the inning. So, And, I mean, you know, the theory we were talking about a little bit earlier about the, these NL Central teams, and maybe they just are going to beat up on each other, and when they leave the uh, when they leave the division play, they're going to struggle. I mean, you're going to get a big sample size from the Reds. You got two against Minnesota, both on the road. You get a day off Wednesday, which probably much needed at this point because uh, they haven't had a day off since June 7th. And then you have four against Atlanta at home. You have a makeup against Philadelphia the Monday after. Then you play three more against San Diego. So, you know, you're, you're going to be seeing not just teams outside your division, teams that have playoff aspirations outside your division. Maybe not Minnesota. They're, they're 11 games under 500 at this point. They're probably not making up that ground on the White Sox in the AL. No. But Atlanta is still very much in it in the NL East. San Diego, you just saw <laughs> that series. Uh, hopefully it's not a rerun the next time it comes around. And then, but uh, you're going to figure out what this team can do. I mean, if they come out out of this stretch still up floating, up floating above water at 500 or maybe even a couple games above, then maybe you start to turn, okay, maybe second half of the season at the All-Star break, they can make some things happen. Uh, if it continues to head in the direction that it did this weekend, I think it's time to finally realize exactly what they are and uh, – I don't know if pretenders is the word, but um, they're not going to make the playoffs. And if they somehow find a way to sneak in and win a division, they're, they're not going to be a factor. Right. I mean, you saw the Reds sneak into the playoffs last year, and they uh, were not a factor. Um, Two very uh, <laughs> very quiet capes. Looking ahead to tonight, right, Joey? The, the most startling thing that I can see here is that the Minnesota Twins send a guy out there who is 38 years old. Jay Happ. Jay Happ, right? His The starter for the Reds is 26. They are 12 years, a baker's dozen, 12 years That apart. is a dozen. 13's a baker's dozen. 13's a baker's dozen? All right, so a dozen. <laughs> I tried to get the verbiage correct, and <laughs> I got it wrong. But uh, they're a dozen years apart. Malley is only 26 years old. 
He's 7-2 and two this year. It's pretty good for Malley at a 3.39 ERA. And Jay Happ, he's got an 8 ERA since beginning of May. So if you don't get, I'd be very, while the, the series over the weekend was disappointing in the four-game series against the Padres, especially since you had an opportunity to win, this game tonight is as close to a, I don't, I don't want to say gimme, because there's no gimmies in baseball, but if you let Jay Happ beat you tonight and you go a game under 500, I think that we'll be talking, we'll be singing a more uh, negative tone tomorrow uh, because something did not go right for the Reds. With how good the lineup has been to this point this year, you would think going up against Happ, they'd be able to, to scratch across a few runs. Um, and Maley's been really good uh, throughout um I mean, it's 5-0 in his last five starts with a 2.15 ERA. So if he stays on that pace, he's going to have a good game. Right. He's been getting through five, six, seven innings consistently this year. But, you know, uh, what they're going to have to do is hopefully take as much advantage of Hap being in the game as possible because you mentioned the 8 ERA since the beginning of May. Um, I mean, God, opposed to telling a, a one one zero three five on base plus slugging. Right. So, you know, they're... Uh, Batters, he hasn't had a quality start since April 28th. You got to take advantage <laughs> of this guy, yeah, and score as many runs as possible because you, you can't think your bullpen's going to hold it up no matter how much Kyle Farmer think they threw well this weekend. Um, <laughs> you can't be that delusional, so no. Well, here's you got a couple guys in that lineup that you have to look out for, and especially in uh, Brian Buxton. You know, Buxton's got 10 home runs, batting 366. Yeah, he's finally Minnesota. coming to his own a little bit. Uh, and how about your guy Nelson Cruz still out there hitting? Huh? Yeah, don't I don't I don't like to talk about <laughs> that one. Well, I and he's not really your guy. I mean, he was on the Orioles for a year, but it was the best year they've had in my lifetime. <laughs> yeah, 2014. Yep, we went to the uh, ALCS. It seems like Nelson Cruz has just improved with age. He's been like the greatest age 30, uh, 38 and up hitter of like all time. Yeah. I mean, I've been impressed with him. I thought the Mets, because the Mets were looking to get either Yoannis uh, Cespedes or Nelson Cruz or somebody in the offseason. Mm -hmm. I thought they should have went with Cruz. They went with Cespedes, and then he broke his ankle in a hole on his farm or something like that <laughs> yeah, and right. uh, was out for two, two years or something. Um, but Nelson Cruz, at age 40, has uh, has been having himself quite the uh, the late career. Yeah, he's just a hitter, man. That's you know. But again, just one of those guys where you know you don't lose the ability to hit, no matter no matter how old you get. Somehow, some way, he's got it done, and the Reds will have to get it done tonight. Uh, they send it to the mound again. Tyler Malley, seven and two with a three point three nine ERA. He opposes on the mound Jay Happ with a three and three record and six point one two ERA and forty four strikeouts this season. Close to a must-win for the Reds. Try to stay a game above 500 as they sit at 35 and 35 this year. The Minnesota Twins are at 30 and 41, 11 games under 500. We'll send it to a quick break. We've got a couple of Bobcat stuff to get through. We've uh, the TBT tournament. A couple of uh, notable names playing for Ohio as they'll play against the alumni team from Xavier. And it's coming up July 24th. But those brackets were released earlier today. You hear anything about the TBT tournament, Joey? You know anything about that? No, no. That's uh, I. Well, prior to this year, I was I was talking to somebody and they I 
guess it's like a million dollars if you win the whole thing and you um you know split that throughout your teammates and general manager and there's a whole list of things yeah there, i mean but. like i i know that that i know like the basic what it is i i have never quite paid that much attention to it well, I never knew what it is. And uh, you got Nick Kellogg playing for the Bobcats, a couple of guys who went to the Sweet 16 for Ohio. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll give you the roster. We'll give you a couple of the names coming up on the sports fan, as well as, uh, you know, kind of wrapping out what happened over the weekend. Nets lost. Basketball might have a couple of new faces in the finals, and it's all coming up right here on the sports fan. Plus the trivia question that nobody answered back on, I think I started it on Thursday, but looking for the team that the Reds beat in 1869 in the first ever professional baseball game played. If you can get me the name of that team, you'll get a Mike Moustakis bobblehead, or we just got a couple of shipments of a Shogo Akiyama bobblehead. Your pick, whichever one you want, plus a uh, Cincinnati Reds MLB Network bag as well. Nice bag. We'll throw it to a break. It's a sports fan, 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. We espouse a home-based model because uh, really it allows us to get to know the client and the situations that they live in and their family dynamics much better. Our mission is about bringing the best to the table and helping people to find what their best is. Integrator will walk beside that individual and that family to provide stability and safety. Every two minutes, a woman in the U.S. is diagnosed with breast cancer. And in that split second, her life changes forever. The toll of breast cancer is great. The need to support those who are battling the disease today is even greater. We're fighting alongside patients because we know one moment can change a lifetime. United by hope, we can end breast cancer. Join our fight. Save lives. Live and local. The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Sports Fan 970 97.1 FM WATH. Sports being presented by J&K Contract. And Mills of the Mic with Joe Medoran again all the way up until 7 o'clock. Reds come your way tonight at 7.40 with first pitch set for 8.10 as it's the Reds and the Minnesota Twins. So a couple of things. First, I'll start off by what I teased coming into the break. On July 24th at 8 p.m. on ESPN3, it's Ohio 18.04 against Zip'em Up, which are alumni teams for, you guessed it, the Bobcats and Xavier. Uh, so that should be a fun matchup. It'll be good to see a couple of the guys that uh, you might remember from the past. Uh, a couple of names, and I'll read off who's on this list, uh, who's on this team right here. But you have Antonio Campbell, Brandon Morris, Devon Washington, Jared Simmons, Jay Kinney, Kenny Brown is the uh, general manager, Mike Laster, uh, Nick Kellogg, 
big three-point shooter for the Bobcats, Reggie Kelly, Nick Madison, Stevie Taylor, and Tyquane Gord were all on the team for Ohio, all alumni, all Bobcats, and it's uh, you know should be a nice matchup. Uh, of course, from 2012, the Sweet 16 squad, you remember uh, Reggie Keeley and Stevie Taylor and Nick, uh, Nick Kale, uh, Kellogg. Um, words. You know, words, yes, I can say words. But, uh, you know, it's... I think this team has some potential. They're seeded 14th and are taking on, I think, the three, four-seeded Xavier, three-seeded. So Xavier's three-seed, zip them up against Ohio, 18-04, coming up on July 24th. So that should be a fun matchup to pay attention to and uh, kind of follow along as things go go around. A flash from the past. Absolutely. And the uh, you know, more recent news, I guess, has been the... Uh, NBA Combine, right? You have the NBA, what is it, the Draft Combine? The uh, Yep. So the NBA Combine is this week, and entering into the Combine from Ohio is Jason Preston. And Preston, of course, did he declared for the draft, right? He, yes. Uh, yeah. So right now, Preston is still draft eligible, and he has up until July 7th to make a decision whether he will be going into the draft head first or if he will be returning to Ohio University for his final year of eligibility. I, I think next year is his, his final year, uh, unless he chooses to go for an extra year. I'm about to say, because they all have the COVID year right. or whatever now. So Why it's all confusing, I don't know. But Jason Preston will have it figured out. I mean, He's I got think, a good head I on his shoulders. technically he'd be a junior again this year if he came back, because he was a junior this past year. Right, but that's only if he takes his extra year of eligibility. Right, right, right. Yeah, so I, I think we could see a couple more years of Preston. But again, I mean, the way that he's been playing, uh, the potential that he has, whether it just means one more year in college or if he's going to jump into the draft this year, uh, all that will be found out coming up uh, in this uh, in this combine for the NBA. But where he stands right now, Joey, what do you, what do you see from him? You know, it's not an uncommon move for a, a college player who thinks – they're on the brink of being drafted or they would get drafted, but maybe they want to just go to the combine and see where they stand afterwards. You know, maybe talk to some agents, talk to some scouts, some other guys, and, you know, after their performance at the combine, see and try to figure out, one, if you would get drafted, <laughs> if you were to stay in the draft, and two, you know, where? where what's the likely position that you're going to get picked? Um, when you look at Preston and you look at, you know, a lot of the scouts and what they say currently, I feel like the most, you mostly see him ranked in, you know, like the, the 50 to 70 range of people's, you know, boards or whatever. And obviously there's 60 picks in the draft. So 50 to 70, you're on the brink. You're, you could get picked or, you know, you could find yourself on the outside looking in now. The Combine is obviously a, a chance, and you see with the NFL Combine as well, you know, if, if you put up some impressive numbers and do some impressive things there, it can, it can increase your stock quite a bit if you're able to raise a few eyebrows uh, while you're there. Obviously, uh, you know, Jason's performance last year in the, in the MAC tournament pretty much, you know, carrying the team to a dominating MAC title. I mean, none of those games were, were, were even close against Kent State or Buffalo or... Uh, Buffalo's championship game, uh, who they beat to get there. It was Akron, right? No, no, it wasn't Akron. It was Toledo. Toledo. Yeah, I think it was Toledo. Right. So, 
And I mean, again, they were trailing for what, like a total of one or two minutes the entire MAC tournament. Yeah, Ohio last year. Yeah, that didn't trail too much. I mean, it was, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. it was like the first couple minutes of the Buffalo game, I think. Um, and then, of course, he had the national story after the Illinois game where he lit up a top ten team in the country, and he was kind of followed after that. And you know, in the in the in the tournament game, the couple games. Uh, I think he himself would say they weren't his best performances, but obviously they were able to uh, sc- scrap and win that game against Virginia and then obviously fell short against Creighton. Um, so I'll be interested to see what his decision is. I still honestly think it is very much up in the air. Um, I don't think he's going to be the kid that's going to be told, eh, you know, it, it, it's going to be close if you're picked or not, and then just decide to stay there uh, and, you know, risk that. Because obviously... We can get into this in a couple minutes, but obviously, if he comes back, they can have a heck of a of a season next year here in Athens uh, with the team that they're that they're going to have. But like you just said, he has till July seventh, and you know the combine is this week. I believe it goes from the twenty first to the twenty seventh. Uh, so he's going to have a week to decide afterwards after talking to some people and figuring out where he stands to pull out. Um, there is another deadline for the draft. Uh, you can pull out, I believe, July nineteenth. But at that point, you can't go back to college. You have to, you know, figure out I, if you're going to Europe or. You know, try to sign afterwards or something like that. G League or something like that? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going down the list. I mean, there are a lot of kids who've been invited to the Combine, and the only Mid-American Conference kid on the list is Jason Preston. I mean, Preston, there's no no Toledo, no, uh, you know, there's a couple of group of five schools on here. Um, but, I mean, really, you got Oral Roberts, you got Kansas, Arizona State, uh, Western Kentucky's on the list. But there's no other uh, Mid-American Conference school that has been invited other than the Bobcats, uh, and, and again for Jason Preston. But you know, I, I think that's a little bit of a nice nod, too, knowing that you know, he is representing not only Ohio, but he's also re- representing uh, the MAC, which is nice to see in the Combine. Um, you have a Creighton kid that, that Ohio saw. You've got you know, a bunch of, again, a bunch of schools, uh, somebody from Lithuania coming into the draft. So, again, it's uh, just being there, participating in the NBA Draft Combine is an honor in, in and of itself because, from my understanding, it's an invite event only, right? You have to be invited to be in, into the Combine. Correct. So, yeah, he's, again, carrying Ohio. He's carrying the Mac. And we'll see if he stays in it or not. And to get into your point, you know, I, I said you said we'll get into a little bit later, but I still think... You know, even if Preston declares for the draft, and he already has, but even if he decides to stay in the draft as things look good for him in the draft combine, I would predict that Ohio still has a pretty good year next year. Right? Oh, yeah. Because you still have Mark Sears, and when Preston went out because of injury for a couple of games, Sears stepped up unbelievably. Yeah, absolutely. Freshman Mark, year. Marcus Sears was, for being a true freshman, was uh, an outstanding player, uh, especially in his role. You know, even when Preston and him were playing together, Sears still made a big impact. And, you know, you think of that Akron game where you had Preston and Dwight Wilson out and, and it was coming off of COVID and the season was kind of up in the, in, in the balance at that point. And Marcus Sears went out and played an incredible game and led Ohio to a big victory over Akron. I'm not concerned for Ohio if Preston isn't back next year. I think they're still going to be really, really good. Uh, but if you do bring him back, I mean, you're talking – on paper, there shouldn't be anyone that should be beating them in, in Mac play next year. Uh, they're going to have a loaded team. Right. And, again, injuries can occur, right? I mean, you saw 
you know, injuries kind of take off Preston for a little bit. Um, you know, Ben Roderick has has battled injuries throughout his Bobcat career. So nothing is guaranteed for next season, right? I mean, it's not going to be just because we have a lot of the same players. Just because of what they did last year does not mean they're going to replicate that and go in this year. But like you said, on paper, this is the team that Ohio is going to put out there uh, that should win the Mid-American Conference and should win it pretty comfortably. You know, you, you say that, but, you know, when you look at these mid-major teams that end up making big runs in the NCAA tournament, they are senior or junior heavy. They have kids that have been starting in college for, for three, four, sometimes even five years under the same coach if everything goes in their favor. So that's why when they step up to these sometimes power five schools that sometimes, yeah, they have like some of the top recruits in the country, but they're still 18-year-old kids playing against kids who have been through four years of a, you know, not a college training program, college lifting program. They've been starting in the same system for the same coach for four years. That's when you see these mid-major teams make those incredible runs. And if you think about it, even, let's go, without Preston, you have Sears will be back. It'll be his first year starting. Right, as a sophomore. Correct. Techni technically. You'll have Roderick, three-year uh, three starter. You'll have Vanderplas, three-year starter. You'll have Jason Carter, who started for Ohio before leaving, went to Xavier, played big minutes there, coming back. You'll have Dwight Wilson his second year. You'll have McDay, who, you know, and he could be on the outside looking in on the starting lineup, but if he does start again, he'd be a three-year starter. And that's Dwight Wilson's second year here at Ohio. Correct. That's not even second year in college. I mean, he was uh, at know, James Madison. Yeah, JMU. Playing. Right. Absolutely. So this is going to be a very mature team next year. And then, so you say all that, and then you say, well, if we bring back the point guard, who would also be a three-year starter, who just had, you know, first team all-Mac, you know, all these kinds of different accolades last season, Mac tournament MVP, it's going to, look really tough to beat. And what's going to be a shame about that is no Power 5 team that Ohio could potentially use to boost up their resume just in case they don't win the MAC tournament because it's very hard to get two uh, bids out of a mid-major conference. Uh, it's opened up a little bit more in the past couple of years, but it's still very extremely, extremely tough. And the only team that do do it is when they do have a tougher non-conference schedule, they get a couple notable wins in non-conference play. But the thing is, when you're that... When you're a mid-major like that and, you know, you, you win a game in the NCAA tournament the year before and you're bringing pretty much everybody back, those Power 5 teams are going to know, man, if we play this Ohio team, that's going to be a tough game. We don't want to schedule that and potentially have that hurt our resume later on in the year. So it would be tougher for, you know, a team like the Bobcats to be able to schedule some of those tougher, uh, you know, Division One Power 5 opponents because, you know, they're, they're going to be scared to, to have a loss on their, on their record against a, a tier two, you know, probably team. Right. And the first couple of games for Ohio, uh, and this is coming from D1 Docket, and Trevor sent this my way a little bit earlier today. Uh, D1 Docket has on November 13th at Cleveland State, right, because Cleveland State came to Ohio the first time around, and believe it or not, how bad Ohio beat Cleveland State the first time around, they were still in an NCAA qualifier last year. Yeah, the Horizon so League's they, not great, though. Right. But... Again, Cleveland State made it. I mean, they were the best out of the Horizon League, uh, Horizon League, and you know, it was nice to see them you know, go that far, right? I mean, you still have to win you know, the Horizon League. Um, then they have December 1st at LSU. 
So they do have a power five there. There you go. Has an opportunity. You have Louisiana State University. So you got LSU. Uh, and then you have a date to be determined against Marshall, which should be a good game. Marshall's so you, gotten them the past couple of times they played. So. so you do have a couple of games there at the beginning that are non-conference that you can go out there and, and try to pad your resume yeah, beforehand. Yeah, you know, Marshall, that's not... Mar you know, it's it's nice. It's a nice win for Ohio, but when it comes to building an NCAA resume, Marshall and Cleveland State are not going to be on key <laughs> wins in right. the, on the graphic on CBS. Probably not. No, LSU would. That would be. LSU has been a tournament team the past couple of years. But you don't think or uh, tournament, as they say out here. No, and uh, don't get me on tournament. This <laughs> it's a. And I'll say it once. Tour de France, right? That's a bike race. You're going on a college tour. You're just adding the mint onto the word tour to get tournament. I agree with you, my friend, but out here, that, that doesn't fly. I, I, I don't know where the ER comes in tournament. It's <laughs> tournament. I, I just don't get it. But, again, yeah, it's, it's not going to be you know, that sparkling win. But you know, I think the Cleveland State one, if Cleveland State's doing well, might get on the graphic. No. Just because they went. No, they, I mean, not. if they're an NCAA qualifier, right? If they went, they got the bid. Connor, we beat them by 50 last year. Ohio State didn't. Ohio State struggled with uh, with Cleveland State. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. And, uh, well, we won further than Ohio State in the <laughs> tournament. So That's true. Wouldn't it be something if they could schedule Ohio State somehow? I'm, That'd be a fun one. See, I would still say schedule Ohio State, not only in, in basketball, but they're so close to us. It's what, an hour, an hour 30 up the road? Get a football game between us and Ohio State. Get a, uh, a basketball game, men's and women's. You know, I think baseball. Well, they had the women's game a couple years ago. They did. Was they that, played in baseball. Right. I mean, they play in the other sports. It was but, 2019, I believe, is when the women's team beat them. And then the women's team beat Notre Dame just last year. Yeah. So we'll see. Could be a fun, fun year in Athens for the, uh, uh, for the winter sports coming up. Men's, women's. Yeah, but anyway, the point is, but, you know, Preston's still up in the air. Yeah. You'll have a clearer idea. I'm sure there'll be reports coming out this week about how he's doing in the combine and where his stock's going. And, uh, I mean, if you hear about how well he's doing and, it's, and he's skyrocketing on boards, he'll probably, he'll probably take off. Um, and you can't blame him for that. <laughs> it, I mean, I... I hope that's what happens. I really hope he, he, he skyrockets and ends up getting getting drafted. You know, it's not only great for the school, but just him. I mean, his story has been incredible to, to follow and, and listen to. I mean, you heard all about it last year right. on every different, you know, sports platform that could get a hold of him. Um, so, I mean, that, that would be cool. But who would you take right now? I mean, maybe not right now. But I'll put this uh, either-or offer to you. Would you want Jason Preston? Or Ben Simmons on your team. What? What kind of question is that? Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons did not have a great postseason run, and he was getting tore up online. Uh, well, you know, after his, uh, what, what do you have, four shots the entire postseason in the fourth quarter, I think? Yeah, I mean, Either he's way. never been a big shooter, but he did, oh. get, he did get tore his shreds on, on, uh, on social media after the Sixers got bounced yes, uh, yesterday. Yeah, two yesterday. Days ago. Uh, yeah, I think yesterday. Yeah, that's the, right. Uh, the Hawks game seven was yesterday. Because the Nets were on Saturday, and the Nets got 
bounced by the uh, by the Milwaukee Bucks. Right. But anyway, good luck to Jason Preston in the combine. You know, hopefully we get the good reports and uh, he'll uh, he'll end up getting drafted. But you know, we wouldn't mind to have you back either. <laughs> either way, <laughs> we'll support you either way. Yeah. Right. Right. Would we like to see you back? Absolutely. We'd love to see you in the NBA. Absolutely too. We'll throw it to a quick break on the sports fan, wrap up the program coming up next. Of course, our phone lines are open at 740-592-6646. It's the sports fan presented by Jane K Contracting on 970 97.1 FM, WATH. Quality. You hear that word a lot in commercials, but there's one business in town whose quality and prices are unsurpassed. I'm talking about Minuteman Press on Washington Street right next door to the Donkey Cafe. Uptown. You see, Minuteman Press is a hybrid. First, it's a full-service sheet-fed press where they can create great art to meet your needs that the other places are simply unable to do. And they're also a complete copy shop as well. Minuteman Press on Washington between Court and Congress. 593-7393. That's 593-7393. Fairhope celebrates life. If you're facing an end-of-life situation, Fairhope Hospice and Palliative Care. It is never too soon to call. Fairhope is here to listen. You don't have to face it alone. Fairhope cares for your loved one where they live. Or, during times of stress, the Pickering House is a serene setting providing relief for the patient. To learn more about Fairhope's care from the heart, please call 1-800-994-7077. Fairhope Hospice. We celebrate life. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Every day, people drive across bad railroad crossings without ever knowing the dangers that lurk down the track. Sight obstructions, overgrown vegetation, natural terrain that blocks the view of impending doom. It's not a matter of if but when a train will strike another victim. You can help. Report bad railroad crossings at angelsontrack.org. That's angelsontrack.org. Because bad crossings kill good drivers. Sponsored by Angels on Track. Aired by OAB in this station. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. You're listening to 970 WATH and the Sports Fan. Sports Fan, 970, 97.1 FM. Still WATH, 656, almost 657 coming up. So about three more minutes left in the program. And, of course, uh, you know, we still got that trivia question out in the air. I mentioned it on Thursday. And uh, nobody has yet to even take a stab at it, Joey. Has a, is it even a team that you we would know? I know the answer, yes. We, well, we've seen it. Yeah, I showed you the answer, but would you have I wouldn't known it? I guess it off was... the top of my head, no. <laughs> Do I have to make the uh, the question easier to get the bobble? we got a lot of bobbleheads to give away. I mean, it's one Google search away. So. I know. <laughs> That's all i got to do is, is Google it up, right? 1869. First professional baseball game played. It was the Reds against a team, and I want to know what team the Reds beat. And they put up like 48 runs in the ball game. Yeah. It's like 48 to 11. 
wasn't much of a uh, baseball game. <laughs> no, no, it was not. But you know, Reds playing a little bit, maybe not as good. They were playing better. Took a dip. Another uh, against the Twins. You got to win tonight. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Otherwise, uh, you know, JW's theory at the beginning of the show may start to look more like a reality. Yeah. So what else? We got uh, Reds coming up at 740, right, for the pregame starting. And again, the first pitch is coming up at 810. Uh, earlier today, the NCAA and the uh, there was a ruling by the uh, Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court said... Something along the lines of, it wasn't all NIL stuff, um, but I guess it reaffirmed the NCAA's authority to adopt reasonable rules and repeatedly notes that the NCAA remains free to articulate what are and are not truly educational benefits. But what they went out and did today was, you know, if they wanted additional, um, you know, benefits, right? I mean, they used to cap the student-athletes at the tuition cost. Right to try to be fair across the board, but now if student athletes wanted to, they could go out and uh, you know get money for trips across seas for educational purposes. Uh, they can also get tuition for you know books and, and other stuff like that. So the NCA came down with that ruling, and still nothing new on the uh, on the ruling of uh, NIL yet. But I, I foresee that coming up pretty soon. Lots of things happening, and uh, yeah, well, I'll get to it tomorrow. Again, Red's coming up, 740. We're Joe Vendor. This is Connor Mills signing off. Thanks for listening to The Sportsman, presented by JK Contracting, and we will talk to you tomorrow, same time, same place, right here, 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH, FM.